Hello recoverers and discoverers, Purse here, and today we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that's pets um, and mental health. So it's going to be mental health and having pets. Um, so there's, I have so much advice for having mental health issues and considering getting a pet, and I've actually done this, um, I've already done this episode, I've recorded it before, but um, it was it was really choppy, and I'm re-recording it, but I'm using the same markers and the same uh, subject markers um, as I used it in the first place. So if I if I pause and I seem like I'm spacey, it's because I'm reading my subject markers. So um, just in general, why can pets be helpful? Pets can give us a sense of purpose. Um, we can get a sense of um, a sense of being needed from pets, you know, if you feel like no one needs you, no one wants you around, pets are, are a great way to rectify that because they, for the most part, they can't survive without you. Um, they they can bring um, added routine into our lives, um, especially if, if you get a more higher maintenance pet that, you know, needs to be checked on multiple mm. times, need to needs to have their water mm. changed multiple times or whatnot, um, or if they, they can make us more active if they need to go outside. So, um... There's one big distinction uh, that I'm going to use, and that's um, well. First, I, I I when I first created created this or recorded this, I used I divided it between animate versus inanimate pets. But I think the difference is actually stationary versus um, stationary versus uh, what's a word? What's a word? movable pets well not really movable but stationary versus moving pets okay and stationary pets would be pets like plants pets that cannot move at all they're stationary they're sedentary well not really sedentary they kind of grow um but they're stationary you put them somewhere they don't move around and you know they they don't make any noise and they're just there and then there's there's movable pets or moving pets pets like cats and dogs and geckos and lizards and hamsters and uh hedgehogs and you know armadillos if you can have an armadillo and birds these pets move a lot of the times these pets make noise and those pros and cons are good for different kinds of people so first i want to talk about um stationary pets which i consider just our plants and um again with every with any sort of um animal or pet animal or plant you need to make sure that you're getting the the breed or the plant type that works for you and fits your lifestyle so there are certain kinds of um plants that are actually really really high maintenance that are just as high maintenance as probably a lower maintenance movable pet so like just as high maintenance as like say like a hamster um you know they need a certain temperature they need to be watered a certain kind a certain time of day um they need to have this much sun they need to be some plants need to be misted and not watered some plants need to have um like growth feed or whatever in their soil for them to actually thrive um and those are um I'm not a botanist. I'm not really familiar with plants. I can't really give an example of a high care plant, um, but the high care plants do exist out there, um, and high care plants are probably best for people who, who, who don't necessarily want to leave their house because of their pet, but also need more routine. 
Um, so high care plants are probably good for people who stay inside generally. They need routine. They're, they need a routine when they're in their house and they need a day-to-day -day routine. So higher care pets might be nicer because um, you, or higher care plants might be nicer because, you know, you might need to give it a certain kind of soil. You might need to check its temperature. You might need to put it into a little enclosure. You, not, you might need to move it a, around your house, like move it from the back of the house to the front of the house as the sun moves because it needs a certain amount of sun each day. Um, you might need to check this the soil quality or whatever. These kinds of small things, you can create, like print off 10 or 20 of like just the same checklist over and over again that you need to cross off each day and that can get you moving around your house. That can give you a sense of purpose throughout your day. Um, I would say where, where a higher quality plant and a lower quality just animal pet, um, the difference between an animal pet and a plant, I guess, would be noise level. Um, if you don't like noises, scratching noises, you know, squeaking noises, what whatnot, um, you might opt for, but you need that routine, it might be better to opt for a higher care level plant compared to something like a hamster or a bunny. Um, you want to spend less money because generally you, you won't need to take plants to a vet. Generally, um, plants don't need toys. They don't need stimulus. Even even the smallest of animals, if you're going to have one, you need to have stimulant. You need to have toys. Um, plants generally need water and sunlight because of photosynthesis. And if anything, like uh, if you if it needs like a soil kind of supplement or like a growth hormone for the soil you probably can just buy that once and then it, it lasts you whereas for again um hamsters and hedgehogs and such such they need stimulus they need toys um their food again they eat a lot they eat like any other animal so you'd be spending money on on food as well so if you don't if you're on someone on disability you don't necessarily have a job a higher care plant might be more financially responsible and more financially doable than having a um than having uh just kind of a, a lower lower maintenance pet um also again if you if you have an ick factor or a gross factor you might not want to clean out a cage that has poop pellets all over it you know um or if you have a mental health issue but also in a an accompanying um autoimmune issue or some sort of like physical health issue a higher quality plant might be a better uh decision than getting um a lower a, a lower um lower maintenance pet um because again pets poop and they pee, and they're they're not necessarily that clean. You need to clean them. You need to clean out their cage. So if it's not a good idea for you to be touching uh, pet feces or touching pets that may carry carry diseases like um, hedgehogs, some hedgehogs carry salmonella. Uh, turtles and reptiles carry um, all kinds of things. Um, then a, a higher quality plant or a higher care, I keep saying quality, a higher care plant might be um, more up your alley if you want that routine, if you want something that depends on you, if you want to take care of something, but you want to take care of it in a different way that isn't the way that people need to take care of their pets. And also, if you're, you're more strapped financially, a plant, because it does create its own food and its own sustenance, <clears throat> is probably a better decision for you. Some lower care plants... My my go-to example are cacti. I actually killed a cactus. Some people say that, you know, if you want to have a, a, a more sentient um, pet like a dog or a cat, you should probably, like, if you can't take care of a plant, you probably can't take care of, like, an animal. And I, I disagree 
because, and this is something I'm going to touch on later, but my dog barks at me when I, when I don't feed it, if I'm, I'm depressed and I, I'm not thinking about anything and I, I, I forget to feed it. Um, he will come upstairs and he will look at me and he will bark in my face and then I'll be like, oh wait, I forgot to feed you. And then I'll go downstairs and I'll feed it. Um, whereas my cactus kind of sat in the corner of my room and two months later I looked at, at it and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to water my cactus and now my cactus is dead. Um, so lower care plants are nice if you're someone who can't get out of bed, if you're someone who, who likes to know that there's another presence kind of in the house, you know, um, this plant that needs you, but sometimes you forget, sometimes, or you're a high-functioning person with mental health issues and you have a lot on your mind and it's it's hard for you to remember to do smaller um, housekeeping things, um, you know, you can leave a cactus for a couple days, a couple weeks. Um, without water, um, a lot of people just kind of water your, their cactus like once a month, twice a, every two weeks, and then they just kind of let it sit there and it just lives its life as a cactus. So, um, cactus, cacti are great plants, low maintenance, low maintenance plant, plants, if you're kind of easing in to learning responsibility and learning routine, or if you would like to take care of something, you want to feel like, you know, something needs you around, but, um, you don't have the time or you don't trust yourself to have the time to, um, care for something day in, day out, changing soil, changing temperature, things like that. So cactus are really great um, low care plants to consider if you um, if you want you know kind of a pet, um, but um, but you 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 honestly can't handle all the nitty gritty in taking care of a living thing. Cactus cacti are are really resilient. Um, another suggestion that I have for uh, stationary pets, and this is not a sentient pet at all, and that's a pet rock, and um, it's funny. But for people who have mental health issues or even developmental issues um, who want pets, they want a sense of purpose, they want a, a, a sense of responsibility, but they honestly cannot be, be trusted to keep anything alive. Um, a pet rock that's decorated, you know, maybe you, you super glue some clothes onto it or something, you elastic band some clothes onto it, um, could be a really nice, like, first step ground zero to learning responsibility and learning routine. You can give the pet rock to someone and you can print out like a laminated um, routine card and it can be something like give the pet rock, you know, five hours of sun or put the pet rock on the windowsill for the sun every morning and then every night move it away from the windowsill because it's afraid of the dark and move it like onto a desk. Um, I don't know, you can like have shredded paper in your house and you can say to feed the pet rock every day you take like two pieces of like shredded paper and you put it in front of the rock and then you put it back into inside the rock bowl and you keep using those pieces of shredded paper to feed quote unquote the rock every day um depending on how you decorate the rock you can say that the rock needs a bath once a week you know so once a week you go to the sink and you just kind of like run the rock underwater and that can be good for teaching children responsibility and you know um taking care of something uh, that can be good for just giving someone a sense of purpose, especially if they're really imaginative and they have mental health issues, but they can't keep anything alive. And also someone for with de developmental issues as well. Um, pet rocks can be really, really good, in my opinion, and I would use it if, if I needed that. Um, now we're going on to mm, animals, movable, um, movable pets. And I'm, here's the good thing for animals is that, um, Many of them force you to move around. 
Many of them force you to be clean because they shed and they're dirty, but they they also don't really care about the cleanliness of your house because they don't understand the concept of having your friends come over and think your house is gross. Um, so pets are great to get you to clean. Don't fall into the trap, though, of getting a pet to get you to clean and then you never clean and now your house is twice as dirty because not only is there just kind of like regular dust building up, but now there's also dog dander and cat fur balls all over the place. Um, you don't want like tumbleweeds blowing through your house of um, cat hair and cat fur. Um, pets can get you active depending on if you have an outdoor cat or if you have pretty much any breed of dog, you need to exercise it and generally that means you're getting exercise as well because you can't just open the door and tell a dog to come back in an hour. Um, so animate pets or movable pets, moving pets have, um, have a have a lot of pros and a lot of cons. I'm going to talk about the um the pros and I'm going to talk about temperaments and different kinds of pets. So, for example, cats versus dogs. They're both what I like about cats and dogs is that they have a real presence in your house, especially the larger the dog, the more it seems like you have another person in your house. My dog, I'm 5'3". My dog, he's a German Shepherd mix. He's 65 to 70 pounds. He's as tall as up to my hip. Um, I'm a lot of leg, so that's fairly tall. Um, at the time when I was in a... When I, I had a friend come over, and he is... He was about, what, 6'2", and my dog jumped up and put his hands on his shoulders, and they were head-to-head. -head. So um, fully stretched out, my dog's fairly tall. He is like another person in the house. You hear him moving around. You can hear him, you know, his nails clack, clacking on the wooden floor when he's walking in the living room. You can hear him going up and down the stairs like a person walking up and down the stairs. You can hear him rifling through things and moving things. It's like there's another person in the house. Having a larger pet is nice if you have anxiety issues or security issues or you don't like feeling alone because pets generally don't go to work they don't go to school unless you bring them to daycare they're in your house so if you if you don't like being alone having a larger pet is nice um the downside to having a larger pet especially a larger dog is that if you're not very active these dogs need to be worked out so it's it'd be nice if you had a large fenced backyard if you're not very active because then you can just kind of like sit on a on an outdoor chair and just throw a ball but if you don't then you really need to get creative about walks and exercise um temperaments again um if you're someone who kind of wants that presence in your house you want a pet that that has free roam of your house. Cats and dogs are generally free roam animals. Most other animals have a cage that they get actually locked in for hours or hours at a time, whereas cats and dogs do have cages and they have, you know, carrier crates if you want to take them to vets, but they spend the majority of their lives outside of a cage or outside of a cage or outside of a crate, or at least they should. And if they don't, then these are not the pets for you. You shouldn't have these pets in your house if you're going to crate them all day. Um, this is not including, you know, puppy stages or whatnot. Um, but, um, yeah, so if you want that kind of pet with a presence and they, they have roam over your house and, you know, some you might walk into a room and, hey, they're sitting there on a table or they're lying down on the floor, there they are, um, but you don't necessarily want to be disturbed. You want to kind of put out the food and they eat at will, that you want to put out water and they drink at will and they kind of, you know, clean themselves and they, they're very neat and tidy with how they use the washroom. Um, I would suggest a cat. You know, you want a, a pet that 
can be affectionate and wants to cuddle at times, but doesn't demand being touched, which my dog does, he will pick up your hand in his mouth and force you to put your hand on his body. Um, if you want to kind of be left alone and you want your pet to kind of do their own thing and you just want them to rely on you for just regular, just general bare necessities like food, water, whatnot, and then you guys kind of hang out every once in a while on the couch, um, a cat would definitely be my suggestion. If you want a more hands-on experience akin to having, I, I, I dare I say it, a toddler, if you want to have to constantly ask the question, what do you have in your mouth? What are you chewing? If you want to, if you want that motivation to get out of your house and to work out and you know you can't, you can't motivate yourself, so you need some, another reason, but you know you'll commit to the reason when you, once you get a dog, I would say get a dog, um, if you want someone that you can teach tricks, you know, like like I said, like a toddler, you want to you want to teach this being, this sentient being, something. You want to teach it how to roll over. You want to teach it how to speak. You want to teach it how to walk off leash or walk well on leash. You want to um, you want to feed it every day. You want to brush it. Uh, give it like literal baths, actual baths, because they get real dirty. Dogs are for you. If you want, if you want a pet that will always be by your side and sit on the couch with you and lick your face when you cry and stare at you with what seems to be knowing eyes that's what seems to be eyes that 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 are saying you know it's gonna be okay um cats and dogs are for you um uh on the other hand if you work a lot or if you're high functioning with your mental health issues and you're you're not home a lot or if you're super low functioning and you can't have that sort of commitment to a pet. Again, cats are a little different because you can have a cat that, again, cats generally kind of do their own thing. And as long as you get out of bed at least like once a day and you put food out and you change their water and you change their litter box every couple of days, you're kind of, you're golden. But especially with dogs, you can't be cooped up in your room every day. You need to, it's, again, dogs are like children. They will either destroy your house or they will eat something and die because they, they'll get so bored that they'll destroy your house or they'll start rifling through things and they will get hurt. Um, dogs are very much, they need to be supervised, they need to be stimulated, they need, to, they need someone to hang out with them. They're very high commitment. Um, but cats do this as well. But um, you might also want to look at caged animals if you're you won't be home much because these animals are used to living in a you know like a burrow, a smaller place. Um, whereas if you're you're not comfortable leaving your dogs or your cats with f complete free roam of your house when you're not around, and you you kind of cordon them off into a room when you're gone, um, that's not sustainable. You can't do that for hours at a time, day in day out. But you can do that for animals that live in cages. So birds. Um, I don't have much experience with birds, but I, my brother had a bird, he's 11 years older than me, he had a bird when he was younger, I don't think I was born at the time. Apparently birds can actually be very, very, um, can have very specific diets and get sick really easily, um, and they are very high routine animals, um, they're much like a lot of, um, a lot of amphibians and reptiles that stay in cages. Um, birds are cool because depending on the kind of bird, you can talk to them and you can teach them to do things. Birds are actually really smart animals. So if you want high routine with high return with um, an animal that, you know, you can stimulate with toys, you they're caged animals, so you can leave them in their cage for a long time because that's where they're supposed to be. Um, as long as you take care of their basic needs and then you can also maybe get like a friend out of it and teach it kind of like a dog, then a bird could be cool. Um, if you're not a fan of noise, I wouldn't suggest a bird. I wouldn't su suggest many, um, 
just animals in general if you're not a fan of noise, but birds definitely. Um, same thing with reptiles and amphibians. These are high care animals who definitely need certain kinds of uh, heat, especially because these animals are generally found in like rainforest type climates. So certain um, kinds of uh, heat requirements, they need special food. A, a lot of these times, reptiles and amphibians need other animals to survive. So, um, you know, people eat feed their snakes live live mice. If you're not someone who's comfortable with that, don't get a snake. If you just don't like mice, don't get a snake because you still need to feed it frozen mice. Um, the same thing with crickets. I have some friends who have reptiles and amphibians and at night um, their houses sound like you are literally up north in the forest because uh, you need to feed live crickets for the most part and sometimes the crickets get out and they hide in corners and they're really hard to kill and then all you hear are the crickets going um, day in day out. So if you don't want to even have a possibility of having a cricket farm in your house, don't get a reptile or an amphibian. Um, these are also really sensitive animals um, a lot of the times. Uh, depending on where their climate is and whether they need to be underground or above ground. Sometimes they get a lot of like skin things and they get sick really easily. So you need to be really on point with how you take care of them and make sure that you're take care, care, taking care of them and making sure that their temperatures are right, making sure that you're refilling their water at a certain amount of time, making sure you're giving them the correct kind of food. Uh, amphibians and reptiles tend to have really specific diets. Um, making sure that you're not feeding them also the wrong things because sometimes they can become attached to the wrong kinds of foods and they will reject, they will reject their, um, their proper food and then they won't, um, they won't eat well and they won't get the nutrition that they need and they'll get sick and they'll die. So definitely look into, reptiles and amphibians are a lot of work and I would say a lot of work for a very low return, um, because a lot of the times they burrow and reptiles, amphibians, and arachnids, because a lot of people have pet spiders too. I don't get it. I never get a tarantula, but some people have tarantulas. Um, they tend to burrow. You know, they, they hide under their rocks. They stay in cool, dark places, or all they do is they, they lie on their heated rocks. Like, you can't teach them to do anything. A lot of the times they will get stressed out as well, um, just like evolutionary, evolutionary, evolutionarily. The way that they they have accustomed themselves through evolution, if you take them out of their habitat, quote unquote, in their cage, and you kind of just put them on their bed, and you touch them, and you're you're this huge thing to this tiny little lizard, they will get stressed out, and they won't really they won't really like it. So they're not really hands-on pets to play with. They're just more so, you know, they're cool to look at. They're cool to see. Snakes are a little different. Snakes you can like hang out with. Um, especially if you get like a small bow constrictor. I've, I've touched snakes before. They're really cool. They just kind of like slither around your hands or whatnot. Um, you know, cool beans. But um, especially, you know, like um, geckos I think are a little different. More, more, um, they're all exo exotic pets, but more of the pets that, you know, people get for their children, like the geckos and certain kind of snakes and stuff, are, um, are more safe to take out. But pets that are more recommended for, like, you know, more conscious pet, pet owners, um, uh, more, more, more so exotic pets that really don't have contact with humans and really just kind of burrow and eat their crickets and then kind of sleep all day and, you know, hop around, um, they, they don't really want to be taken out of their cages, and that's also something to, to uh, keep in mind, bear in mind. Um, other caged animals. Bunnies are cool. Things like bunnies and chinchillas are cool. Um, my friend has a chinchilla. 
I don't like touching her chinchilla because the fur is so thick that you honestly feel like you're squeezing the life out of this animal to um to be able to pick it up and I don't I don't like that feeling. But um her chinchilla's cool. Again, specific diets. Her chinchilla's expensive. Um it needs to be in a certain temperature. Uh it has a very specific diet and it's one of those animals that if you feed it too many like treats, it will reject its regular um food, its regular meal. Um, it needs to be worked out in the sense that you need to be home um, enough to let it just kind of roam around your room. It will poop and pee around your room if that's something that you want to take care of. Um, uh, da -da -da -da. I don't know if chinchillas are the kind of mammals that their teeth grow um, consistently, so they, they always need to be chewing, but I know they can be d destructive. Um, same thing with bunnies. Bunnies are, I believe, one of those animals where their teeth don't stop growing so um they have an urge to chew all the time and they will they will mess with your furniture they will chew at wood they will chew at fabric they will tear up your carpet but you also need to let your bunnies out of out of their cages so they need supervised playtime you can get bunny pens um so that they have a larger area to run around in, but it's still corralled, so they don't have full rain over your house but they need supervised playtime bunnies again i feel like are kind of like bunnies and um chinchillas and kind of like those smaller cage animals but also that have big personalities are again a lot like dogs but in small form and they need to be worked out they just don't need to be taken on walks which actually if you want an animal like a dog um I don't know if you can train bunnies to do things but I mean if you want an animal like a dog in the sense that you know you need to hang out with them you need to you need to socialize them you need to bring them out and exercise them and you want that kind of commitment but you live in a cold area and you don't necessarily want to have to go or you live in a really hot area and you don't necessarily want to have to go outside um, to work them out then I think a bunny or a chinchilla would be a good alternative to getting you know a full-grown dog that needs literally to be walked on a sidewalk outside of your house to get that workout um, Further, one thing that I really want to point out as well are hedgehogs. I want to get a hedgehog, so I know a lot of information on he on hedgehogs. And um, these would be good pets for people who are insomniacs and people who work a lot during the day but go to bed really late because hedgehogs are nocturnal. Um, they, they kind of come alive around, like, I'd say, like, 7 to 9 p.m. Um, so for so they do have kind of like an hour or two overlay where people are generally awake and they will be awake but they're nocturnal so they sleep during the day they hibernate or they don't they don't hibernate you shouldn't let them go into hibernation because they won't survive it um, but they sleep during the day and that's kind of the time that they wake up hedgehogs need to be socialized or they'll always just ball up and they'll be really afraid of humans so you need to take them out for at least a half hour um, while they're awake and just kind of handle them and hold them and um, you can get like fleece pouches like a like a hedgehog snuggie and like it's like a necklace and you put your hedgehog in the pouch and you can walk around with them and they just kind of chill in the pouch um, you let your hedgehog kind of roll around and and play on your your carpet um, hedgehogs will chew on um, fabric from different areas and they'll take a little small ball of it and then roll it around their mouth and like spit the scent over their quills so that they can mask themselves from predators with the scent um that's something that they do do but i don't think they chew they don't chew enough to really tear up your carpet but again if you keep putting them in the same spot every single day they they will probably kind of wear down the fabric um so hedgehogs 
they have specific diets. They need to be in a specific heat um, consistently in their cages or they will go into hibernation, but they won't survive hibernation. Um, their hearts will pretty much just stop and they'll get so cold that they, they can't be... Um, uh, they can't be resuscitated, um, and you'd probably need to bring them to a vet, which is also an issue because then you need to pay. Uh, so you need to know what you're what you're in for for hedgehogs. But hedgehogs and other nocturnal animals are really good for people who are insomniacs um, and for people who work during the day, but you know stay up kind of late because then you you get that bonding experience and you don't feel bad kind of forcing your pet to be up. Because even with my dog, like I feel bad sometimes if I'm in the living room. If I'm in my room, it's different. But if I'm in the living room and I'm watching TV, um, he can hear from the basement and he won't go to sleep until everyone in the house is asleep so he will be tired the next day he'll be visibly tired and visibly cranky the next day because he stayed up all night making sure that everyone in the house is okay so um if you don't want to feel guilty for keeping a pet up because you want to play with it or because you need to play with it for socialization reasons a hedgehog is really good and really cool they have their own personalities they have cute little like fleece um always use fleece or use some sort of like um like sawdust kind of stuff. Uh, don't use any other fabric material because their feet are so small. Their feet will get cut or caught in um, in loose threads and they can break their feet. Uh, so fleece and they have cute little like you can buy um, like matching fleece sets and whatnot and they have toys and they go through like uh, tunnels and they, they run on wheels. They also they will poop and pee wherever and they'll drag through their poop and their pee because their bellies hang low. Their legs are really stumpy so you do need to wash them. You need to give them a sink bath every once in a while. Um, they are relatively high maintenance animals because um, hibernation if they they will feel the urge to go into hibernation and they will start going to hibernation but that will kill them so you need to always be monitoring their their cage temperature uh, you need to feed them you need to change their water they will poop in their food in their water i believe um the fleece can get really gross so sometimes if you don't have the um, saw bedding sawdust bedding you should definitely um get two sets of like fleece stuff so that you can um immediately just take one set out and then uh put in the, the second set while you wash the first set, you know, kind of like having uh, replacement bed sheets. Um, but hedgehogs are great. Hedgehogs are super cool. Um, yeah, so pros and cons of pets in general. Mm. I'm having some tea. Pros of pets, again, you feel like, you feel a sense of purpose. You have a routine. You have a sense of responsibility. You feel as though there's someone out there that needs you. You feel a, a reason to live. You know, you, you need to you need to hold on for your pet. Um, there's different levels of commitment. Keeping a pet alive, this is more so for plants than it is for animals. Again, if you have any question as to whether you can really honestly keep an animal alive, do not buy that animal. But more so for, like, plants, exit. Um you know, keeping something alive and knowing that, you know, you are integral to the survival of, of this being is, um, is, is really nice and uplifting. Um, cons or pros again, um, you, you gain a friend and sometimes, you know, if you're feeling really down, it's nice to talk to, like, I'll talk to my dog about, like, my, my deepest life problems and I'll talk to him because I don't know if he understands me, honestly. I, I assume he doesn't, but who knows? Maybe all animals understand, like, your language really well. They learn it, but they just can't communicate. Who knows? But, um, it's really nice because I feel like I can, I get emotion from him through his eyes, but also I don't understand him. So I, you know, if he, if he says the dog, ver if he barks the dog version of like, oh my god, will you please shut up? Like, you're so overdramatic. I won't know. I just think he's being supportive. So it's nice having that kind of like nonverbal um, 
interaction. Um, and, you know, having someone to cuddle with, having someone who pets, you know, the quote, the quote relies to dogs, but really for most pets, especially hypersentient pets that you can create a bond with, um, they're just a portion of your life, but to them, you're their whole world, you know, you're just a portion, they're just a portion to your world, but to them, you're their whole world, you bring them food, you bring them comfort, you bring them socialization, you hang out with them, um, it can really bring you a sense of purpose. The cons to pets is that if you, if you can't deal with, with the, whatever requirements that pet needs, it can be really draining, um, especially if it has to do with you being physically active in order to work your pet out properly, that can be really draining. Um, it can be really discouraging, again, if you're, if your pet, if you want a pet that's really cuddly and you end up getting the, the, a pet that, because each pet has their own individual kind of, um, kind of temperament, even if they, even if the breed or the kind of pet kind of has like an, an overarching kind of stereotype, so cats stereotypically are kind of self-serving, they kind of just do what they want, um, regardless of what you want them to do, whereas dogs are very loyal and they're, they, they're ready to please, but you know, you can get some dogs that act cat-like and they don't like being touched, they don't like being socialized with, they don't want to have you around them, whereas you can get some, some cats that are like really dog-like, and it, especially with people who have expectation, like emotional regulation issues, and they have, um, they have, um, you know, expectation issues, getting a pet and realizing that the, their true personality is different than what you bargained for can be difficult. Um, cons can be, you know, if you get a pet and that the pet directly, um, the pet triggers you. So if you get a pet that you think is going to be quiet and they end up being really loud or the specific sounds that they make or the sound of like a toy that they make or like, you know, like a spinny wheel or um, if you get your dog a certain kind of uh, noise-making toy and it's their favorite toy now but the, the noise just grinds your gears, that can be an issue. Tips and tricks as well. Um, as someone with mental health problems, sometimes I don't, you know, I, I don't take care of my my dog to the fullest but the good thing is that he's not just my dog he's my and my mom's dog so if you don't think that you can 100% give the complete commitment to this animal it's always good to get the animal with someone else or to agree to 100% take care of the animal with someone else in your household so there are days where sometimes I, I can't remember anything I can't hold anything in my mind and my mom will come home and she'll say you know um did you feed the dog and I won't remember but because she's there you know my dog doesn't starve because we share the responsibility. Um, there are days when I honestly can't get out, out of bed. I walk him for the most part, um, or I'm expected to walk him for the most part, but she will walk him as well if I honestly, I look at her and I'm like, I, I can't leave the house, I can't leave the house. So it's always nice to have that kind of backup, have someone that you have the animal with who can help who, first of all, if you're dividing the responsibility in general, that's just less responsibility on your shoulder, but on your shoulders, but also someone who understands what you're going through and will pick up any slack that you leave if you're just not in, in a good place emotionally. So a tip and a trick, definitely, if you don't know if you can make a full commitment, is don't prematurely make a commitment to an animal that you know you can't keep because you, these are sentient beings, you need to, um, you need to take care of them, but a, a good way to kind of um, get around that is to just make the commitment to the animal with someone else, and that way you have another set of hands, another set of eyes, another set of ears helping you take care of this animal if you just can't do it. Um, yeah, another tip and trick, um, 
utilize daycares. It, it costs money, but honestly, if you if you feel like, you know, this week's getting going to get hectic with work or it's it's nearing the anniversary of like someone's death or of a breakup or something and you honestly just you won't you'll be like catatonic. You'll be a no person. You're going to take time off work because you know you're just going to be in your room like crying every day. You can hardly take care of yourself. You can't take care of anyone else. Mark that day off on your calendar. Work extra hard. Put that extra money towards putting your pet into some sort of boarding place or some sort of daycare where they'll get worked out, where they'll be socialized, where they'll be taken care of, and you don't need to worry um, about your pet on top of worrying about whatever it is that's stressing you out. Uh, daycares are amazing resources. Um, Blue goes to a daycare slash boarding facility. Uh, sometimes we board him if we're going on vacation, um, but sometimes we'll be at home, but we'll send him there anyway because um, we just... You know, it's it's been proven that, you know, dogs and a lot of animals, they make friends. And we don't have another dog here. We're thinking of getting a second one, but we don't have another one. So we take him to daycare and then he can go see his dog friends and kind of run around with other dogs and hang out with other dogs. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my little, my, well, not really my little, it's been 36 minutes, but that's kind of my, um, my segment on pets and mental health. And I can hear my dog. Uh, roaming around downstairs so you can hear him you can't hear him but I can hear him um, on a different floor of my house you know shaking I can hear his collar I can hear him walking around on the floor I think he's looking for me so I'm gonna go attend to him oh yeah I can hear him like moving things around um literally it's like having a, a third person in our house um he's very loud um oh oh speaking of being loud that's one pro that I completely forgot comparing plants to animals sometimes um I completely forgot. Uh, people say, you know, you can't take care of a plant. You can't take. You shouldn't get an animal if you can't even take care of a plant. But the good thing about animals, especially animals that have free roam over your house, is that if you're someone who's good with responsibility, you won't begrudge your pet for you know forcing you to take care of it. But sometimes you might forget. Um, the good thing about cats and dogs, especially and cage animals that are fairly larger and are in a central place in your home, is that if you're going through your day and you forget to feed or water it, you will know because your pet, like my dog, will. If I go long enough, where or sometimes I'm not saying like I haven't fed him for days. It's one of those things where like say I feed him in the morning, like early, early in the morning, first thing in the morning the day before, and then it's the next day and it, it's going on like three or four o'clock and he's getting hungry because it's been over twenty four hours. We don't feed him at the same time all the time, but it's, he's getting hungry. He will. He's not allowed upstairs, but he will come up the stairs all the way to the top floor of the house. He's not allowed on the top floor because that's where the bedrooms are and his hair is just too much. He will come to the top floor of the house. He will go searching for you. He will come and he will sit in front of you and he will bark at you until you feed him. Um, and sometimes, you know, we don't feed him when he barks because he doesn't make the choice. We make the choice. But um, if you honest to God just forget or you're looking at him and you're like, did I feed you? Did I not feed you? You know, you will know if you didn't feed your pet or, you know, you'll know if there's not enough water or you'll know, you'll know if your pet isn't being stimulated enough. Um, and they're a larger, more sentient pet because they will tell you or they will tear up your house. You know, you will know if a larger pet's unhappy and they will tell you if they're unhappy or if you're if you're neglecting them or if you've forgotten something. And that's and sometimes that's that's the best reminder. It's like having a kid like your kid, your toddler comes up to you and they're like, Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm bored. Mom, I'm blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't you don't get those exact words. It's kind of like working with a toddler 
a, a newborn-fied toddler where, you know, the newborn can only cry, but it, they have toddler needs. So you can't understand your dog. Your dog can't come up to you and say, food, I want food, give me food. But it can come up and bark in your face, and then you need to kind of go through process of elimination and figure out what it is. Same thing with cats. They'll paw at you. They'll meow at you. They'll keep meowing. They'll wail. Cats can cry. Um, oh, here he is. Here he is. He's not allowed upstairs, but there he is in my doorway looking at me. Oh my gosh, you're such a donut. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to quickly I'm going to end this. Um Oh, because I'm talking about like neglecting animals and your animals coming to find you. I, I do want to say I'm not neglecting my dog. He probably is just lonely because our morning routine is um we'll sit on the couch together and I'll pet his face. Um so he probably just wants me to come and hang out with him, which I'm going to do. But yeah, see, he, he's not allowed upstairs. But if he really wants something, he will come upstairs and he'll come find me. Or sometimes he'll come find me and he, he's fine. But I won't be, I'll be upstairs for a really long time and he'll come upstairs to make sure that I'm not dead. Um, so you can tell he cares. He's such a good donut. He's so cute. Um, but um, yeah, so that's one, one good thing about animals compared to plants is that if you get a large enough animal... Um, that hasn't, that has enough, um, sense of, you know, I'm hungry and has the ability to, you know, use their hands to push on a cage or has the ability to roam your house and come find you. They will come find you and you will know that you forgot something. Um, and sometimes the best reminder is the pet itself. Um, so that's, that's my ending point. Oh, where'd my son go? All right. I'm, I'm like obsessing over my dog now, so I should, I should head go, I should head out. But, um, that's that's my segment on pets, pets, tips and trips on tips and tricks on pets, why you should have pets, which pets you should consider depending on, you know, what you're looking for and the temperament of the pet. Um, you know, as always, thanks for listening. Oh, ooh, I forgot. Question of the day. So, where you can find me? Find me on Twitter, as always, at Purse Borderline, at P-E-R-S Borderline, and find me on Anchor. Personally, Borderline is my account name. Make an account. You can make an anonymous account. You can start your own podcast if you want. Do whatever. Call into my account. Let me know that you've, you're a listener from an external podcasting source, and I will not only shout you out on my account, but I'll call into your station, and I will send you a personalized message thanking you for joining Anchor, joining the family. On Anchor, um, you can echo my stuff. You can call in. You can have your voice featured on my podcast if you want. Um, calling into my account on anchor is probably the most efficient way to reach me as a listener and not as a fellow content creator um and today's question of the day is what are your mental health issues and what pets do you have slash what pets do you want and how do you think your pets have helped you and how do you think your pet is a good fit based off of your mental health issues um that's your question today so basically just tell me about your, your mental health issues tell me about your pets and tell me about how those things relate and why that pet is good for you based on your mental health issue as always thank you for listening and i'll be here for you my recoverers and my discoverers um until the next podcast